Welcome to Imperfect Action, and of course, I'm Brock Edwards, and I got got a great conversation happening today. You've got Campbell and Nikki Sturrock, and I, well, I'm just going to let them jump in and introduce themselves here. Campbell, Nikki, tell us who you are and what you're about. Hey, yeah, well, um, what are we about? Well, uh, right now, we're um, living in a 25-square-meter uh, house bus, a mobile home with our three kids and uh, enjoying the summer here in, in New Zealand. It's a beautiful day. Um, my background is um, uh, in the sustainability professional world, um, helping trying to help businesses uh, address their unsustainability challenges. I guess that means their impacts on, on the planet and, and society um, and looking at how businesses can create a a better world and address some of our big challenges we've got as a human species. Um, but yeah, we've been living in the bus for coming up three years now. Yeah. So we had a, a house and all, oh, it's, oh it's, hi, I'm Nikki Sturrock. So we have actually come from a very large house, more than five bedrooms and, you know, living the good life, the cars, the extra land, all the rest of the drama. And then realise that if we're going to continue, you know, speaking around environment and sustainability, we actually need to live those words. So we downsized and are now, yeah, living in a house bus and we were going to do it for one year. Well, we're almost three years now with our three kids and it's just never um, been better, actually. We've had a yeah, really great time. One of the things that instigate us leaving was we took the kids to India and spent some time over there. I was making artificial limbs over there and Cam um, looked after the kids tearing around India and they got to spend quite a lot of time with little kids that had nothing, essentially lived in a, you know, sometimes just a little dirt space underneath the motorway. And we realised when we got back how much we actually have. And so, yeah, we downsized majorly and the kids have just you know love it they understand you know having running water and food and a, a safe place to sleep uh, you know that is wealth yeah so that's where we're at at the moment just cruising and trying to make nice. the world a well, place to so, so so let me ask so are, are you fairly permanent in your location or are you constantly traveling about no we're um we're mobile uh although for Nine months last year, from April to Christmas, I um, I got a contract as a sustainability manager for a, a large construction company here in um, New Zealand and Auckland. So we parked up in Auckland, but we maintained living in the bus, parked on a um, on a friend's front front lawn for the for the winter, uh, and now we're back on the road again for 2019. And as we, we travel, we, you know, plant trees, pick up litter. Actually, the front lawn that we were staying on now has a beautiful garden and food, a vegetable garden in there and a compost heap and that kind of thing. So we get in and, you know, just muck in as we go. Uh, and, you know, we want to be a contribution as we travel. We are lucky enough to not um, require an income, essentially. So we basically... Um, work for free. We volunteer for people just get in behind their projects, whether it be saving the banded rail or going to a major beach cleanup or um, having people to stay on the bus that require a place to stay. That's uh, yeah, what we've been doing. 
So, you know, I'm trying to figure out how, how this works. Now, did you, when you made the transition, did you, uh, you know, you were going out for a year. Did you like save up money for it? Were you just kind of like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do odd jobs as we go or consult or how, no, how did you intend to make house. it work? Brock, we just, ch- we basically sold our house. We're just like, that's it. We are living on four planets and we can't do that anymore. Mm. So we sold up, sold everything. And, uh, yeah, jumped in, boots and all. We found a bus and we did it up because the things that were in it, um, you know, weren't sustainable. So we run on biodiesel. We didn't want gas. You know, we don't – so our carpet's made out of old fishing nets from the Philippines. Um, so they're hauling ghost nets out of the ocean. So basically we we wanted to build a ha- house from the ground up that was only sustainable. So everything that we could possibly reuse, renew, recycle – resource, giveaway, trade. Uh, we just jumped right into that kind of life. Yeah. Trying try, try to... Um, no safety net, really. No safety net. Well, yeah, uh, yeah like Nikki says, we, 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 sold our, we sold our house. I quit work back yeah. in mid-2015. We spent six months doing the bus up. Um, and, yeah, everything that's gone into the bus has gone throughout a, a, a filter of sustainability. What yeah. sustainability means... To us is how can we lighten our impact on the planet and on on the communities um, and the people that make the products that we use. Um, so yeah, one of the big drivers has been reducing our carbon emissions and uh, so and swapping ra- out good for bad, eh? Yeah. So swapping our two um, petrol and diesel driven vehicles for one electric vehicle that we can plug into the bus and fill up on sunshine so we can actually drive around on sunshine brock for nothing and it's the technology is here it's really basic uh, technology and the guys um, that ended up giving us their solar panels so we just ended up with businesses who can see that there needs to be a change just getting in behind us. So, um, yeah, we got a whole swag of solar panels given to us, but also what came with that was the education because I didn't know diddly squat at all about solar and electrics and amps and watts and all of that stuff. And so they set it up for us so that we can actually plug our electric car in and trickle feed our car on a beautiful day like we are doing right now. And, um, yeah, and then we're able to drive around on that sunshine. So I, I love the enthusiasm of, you know, taking on them. This is like a huge project. I mean, you, you rearrange your, your entire lives around it. <laughs> oh, my and... God, it was, mate. Yep. Yeah. It was <laughs> so, we ended up sleeping in this bus with it, which is in a workshop. And so we're in our 40s. And um, a young guy who has a workshop, he's 21, said that he would, you know, help us build it. He got all enthusiastic as well. So we're parked in his workshop. And these guys, are, you know, they're up till blooming four in the morning, drinking Red Bull, smoking cigarettes, you know, your classic 20s. We just couldn't even keep up with them. It was amazing. So we were eating up, sleeping in this workshop, putting the bus together. We were actually really spoiled because when we sold our house, people were so keen on what we were doing and our passion. We were offered a farmhouse to stay at for nothing. So we just lived at this farmhouse that no one else was around. And then we, you know, cleaned the whole place up for them as our reciprocity, right? Giving back. And it doesn't have to be money. You can trade your time, your energy. So we were lucky enough to have this farmhouse for six months while we just worked our butts off getting the bus sorted. It was a real learning curve, man. 
But good, awesome, part of the adventure. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, yeah, so, so one of the other, just actually one of the other things, our, I guess the other, so our driver has been about reducing our impacts and things. But the other one was around our own personal well-being and the well-being of our our relationship as well. So, you know, we're working nine to five, the typical urban lifestyle, having a mortgage and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't what it was wasn't working in our view for the for the planet but it also really wasn't working for the health of our relationship yeah having your man away for 50 hours a week while you're looking after the kids and and how is that possible for any of us to have that kind of relationship work well I mean we were probably set on a path of having a really successful divorce like 50% of the other successful (laughs) couples that are around you know because you're just not hanging out together you're not collectively working together as a family unit that's a danger right there and it's very costly to go through a divorce both emotionally and financially so yeah we thought we'd throw ourselves into a 25 meter space instead (laughs) could have gone horribly wrong bro So what you you mentioned there was a, a lot of learning, and I imagine you know even three years in, you're still having a lot of learning. What what were some of the big lessons, or I guess what advice would you give to someone else that was contemplating such a huge life change? Oh my God, you do not need the stuff that you think you do. We wandered around our house putting spots on things we wanted to keep. Right, this we got to ha- got to keep that, got to have this, got to take that. You know, we trying to let go of our consumed goods. Mm. Let it go. And what we also discovered is letting it go without putting money on it. Give it away to people. One of the, I, I met an old lady up the road. She's got a zillion million grandchildren there and a whole swag of other hangers on. Not very well off at all. And we just delivered our stuff to her. In the end, I realized because we were giving it to her for free, I can go back and stay on Grace's lounge floor if I need to. So we basically grew our hearth. By letting it go, let that stuff go. So that would be one lesson. You got one, baby? Um, definitely. Uh, so w- one of the things we did was we've got a, actually we've got a whiteboard above our bed in the bus now. But we've, we've just before we kind of made the launch, we Nikki got us a whiteboard and it, it sat at the end of our bed, and we put on that whiteboard all of our dreams, um, wants, needs. Dreams, whatever. whatever. There was nothing wrong. Uh, it, um, you weren't allowed to say no. There's two rules basically to the white, filling up the whiteboard. You're not allowed to say no to each other, to each other, or to yourself. And you don't have to do any of it. So that sort of frees up your ability to throw stuff in there that you wouldn't normally. Concerns would often stop you from putting out there. It, put, it opens up your entrepreneurial brain and get, lets you be creative. So there was, yeah, a real good process of creative thinking and dreaming and, and things. And then just sort of stuff naturally dropped off and stuff crystallized around um, buying a bus and going on the road. You know, I... Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. I just wanted to say that actually you think that you're giving up your house. You think that you're giving all this stuff up, right, to move into a small bus. But what you end up with is the whole planet under your wheels. 
So we're just driving around. We've got backyards. We've got beauty. We've got lakes. We've got rivers. We've got the sea. We're getting reconnected with each other. We're finding that people like we get in behind their project. They're like, oh, you need to go and see Maria. Oh, you need to go and see Tim and Lucy. Oh, you really got to go and visit John Lehman. You really need to see this person. You really need to see it. Suddenly, you're just getting to meet these amazing human beings that are on the planet and just getting reconnected. And, man, that is just so awesome. So you can just be really – the more successful you are, I think, the more isolated you become because you don't need to borrow someone's concrete mixer because you can own your own. You don't need to borrow someone's trailer because you can own your own. You don't need someone to come and help you move house because you can afford to get moving company in. Well, you're just isolated from your your peers, from your community. Mm. So we've grown our community, grown our connections with people. It's just been an absolute blessing. It's been amazing, actually. That, that's really mm. interesting. I've never thought about, you, you know, uh, the the, the wealth or the income as separating or isolating yeah. from community. Um, it is. That's a really interesting thought. And, and, and Campbell, you were saying something earlier just uh, about the, the creative process with the whiteboard that really resonated for me that I've never thought about before, but you know, you were really saying that um, you didn't have to do it. And it's like, no. wow, there, yeah. there's so that, you know, cause there's so many things I, I mean, I, getting in my own way there. And one of the things I love about the, the show is thinking of, you know, how do we get out of our way? Yeah. And that's, that's one of those little things that if you think you're going to have to do it, I mean, and I'm just speaking from my own experience here, you're, you're a lot more hesitant to just throw it out there. Um, yeah. But yeah. you know, that one simple little rule you, your guideline you gave that just, that totally changes the, the outcome of what you're willing to throw up there. I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Cause I, I, I'm kind of, I can be channeled into a kind of a, a technical must do stuff kind of, um, way of being. Nikki's very a really great visionary and big picture and great ideas generator. And sometimes uh, she throws out ideas, and I'm instantly, oh, I need, I need to go and do that. And I shouldn't. I need to go and do. Oh, excuse me. I need to do everything she's saying, and I, I get, uh, I get anxiety and stuff like that. But that rule. So he bees a no. Yeah, I say no to everything. So yeah. that, that that rule was really important. Yeah. Because it took pressure off. You know that perceived pressure off myself to have not having to do any of it, um, and it and allowed the ideas to live just, there. Yeah, it allowed them to live there and, and more to flow from them as as you yeah. throw out one idea, you know, and then you add in the word oh and and on top of that we could do this and and um, yeah get rid of the word but that's another thing we've taken on put the word replace the word but with and and it frees you up to find a solution. Not the but is a stop. The and opens a space for there being a solution or a way forward. For example, I want to travel, but I've got no money. You say I want to travel and I've got no money. It doesn't stop you from being able to travel. It, it then just flows. It's just a reality versus but, which is a stop, which holds well, yeah, you. The, I, the I mean, as soon as you say that, the unsaid but implied next sentence is how can i i've got no i want to i want to travel and i have no money how can i and then people then share with you how they think you could (laughs) and allowing your community to speak for you and and get alongside you and also having integrity be your word eh? Mm -hmm. it's really important to just be your word 
Cam and I so had as, a as you're doing this. Sorry, what was that? Oh, sorry. I, I thought I cut you off there for a second. I, I was just actually kind of switching gears a little bit here. So as you're doing this, you mentioned, you know, companies got on board and, you know, you're, you're building community wherever you go. What have been some of the, I guess, common misconceptions that, that people have when they first hear about what you're doing? Oh, people were really afraid um, for us, actually. You know, that warning, oh, you'll never get back into Auckland. Oh, my God, you're going to sell your house. You know, where are you going to, you know, how are you going to, um, where are you going to find fresh water and, you know, where are you going to plug in and all those kinds of things. People are really ruled by fear. And I know that they're saying it because they're caring for us. So if you can hear that fear just as love, they're just worried and they just love you. That's all. It's not a stop. <laughs> I think that that's that's um you know something to to get. But basically, we had no idea what this was going to be like, Brock. And I think the more we talk about being nomadic and how good it actually is financially, um, with building community, some of the things we've already discussed, um, people just don't believe you. I, there's an inherent fear out there to let go of the of the cons- the consumables that they already have. Mm. You know? I think um, uh, another thing that comes up is, um, you know, how do you how do you get on? Is five of you cram- crammed into such a small space? You know, um, sure you you know they're fighting and oh you all want your own space, but uh, it's been really interesting because our sleeping area is literally we all fit into sort of a ten square meter area, so our youngest is no more than two and a half meters away from us and. They've all got their own cubicle. They've got their own space within, you know, a small space. But one of the things is probably the kids have never slept so well. And I think instinctively or, um, you know, back in caveman days, people, humans used to sleep together in a, in a, in a small space, in a cave. Yeah. All, all Sharing stuck, a half. You know, you've seen the crudes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we did that family pile up one night and everybody crashed out and I woke up my arm was just fast asleep because we literally just did a family pile up it was classic so the, so the, the kids the kids feel safe we all feel hugely connected and you know for for the first two years before I did, did that bit of work uh, last year for the first two years pretty almost 24 hours a day seven days a week we were together as a family and it's, it's amazing it's yeah. amazing yeah um and, and how many kids do you two have three three kids three, okay so yeah. and so 25 all of which oh, sorry oh no and 25 square meters yeah yep. 25 square meters so for uh, those who think in terms of square feet that's about 270 square feet uh yes. which is um well not big um <laughs> not big no <laughs> No, and it's but you what but that's the thing is you get all of outside. So mm. you get an ever changing outside. So do you want a beautiful river running through your backyard? Do you want to have the ocean lapping at your back door? You know, do you want a forest to walk through? Do you want birds flying in to visit you? You know, do you want to be staying at your best mate's house? Do you want to be working on a project with a whole swag of dudes that are that are building a mud brick house right on your doorstep? Because that's what you end up with, you mm. see. That's what you get when you open your door. You've just got this ever-changing landscape outside, and it is amazing. 
You know, we've had two and a half thousand people through the bus while we've been traveling wow. and they still connect to us. You know, we've been invited to go and stay at all sorts of places. Actually, we've just been invited to, uh, to speak at a uh, food sovereignty conference. You know, so we just feel so honored to be able to share our learnings that other people have given us that are stuck in one, well, not stuck in one place, that live in one place, that can't get to wherever. We're able to share what, what they have taught us as we travel. It's just, you know, it's fantastic, actually. Humans are, I actually have fallen in love with human beings since being on the road. I used to be afraid of them and really worried about what we were doing collectively and all that sort of stuff. But actually, after being on the road, I, I have, you know, I've got a renewed sense of everything's going to be okay, that actually humans are pretty bloody cool. So, um, and that's such an interesting lesson to to take from that. What lessons ha have you learned around balancing, and maybe there is no balance here, but, you, you know, spur of the moment versus long-term planning? And I and and I asked that because you you know you mentioned that your your outdoors are always changing and so it, it just got me thinking like well do you have the next several months planned out or is it just like hey do we want to see ocean today? Yeah, it is a little like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we I mean we have we have certain dates. Yeah, sort of planning our lives yeah. on two different levels. You know, yeah. we have certain things places we have to be during the year, but that might be. Like our next one might be two months away, and we know we have to be in a certain place. So in between times, we just really, um, where do we want to go today? What's the weather like? You know, do we know? Do we have any friends or family in this area we could go for a visit, or somebody we've just met said, "Oh, you should go and see Roger who lives in that next little town." Go and he's connect. growing avocados. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, the other thing too is that thinking even really long term, my children as adults. How do they sustain themselves? How do they, you know, what what can they do to become independent, you know, be able to earn money? What are they doing? How do they be a contribution to the world that's of value where they are able to live independently? So, you know, the kids have been, you know, demolishing houses. They've been painting. They've been denailing. They've been doing all sorts of jobs and work all around and really connecting to, to humans as we go as well. So, Basically, we've been creating community as a long-term goal, you know, having them know the kids in those different communities. It's really, that's really important, I think. Yeah. More so than making sure that your bank account is totally full so that you can afford to do everything by yourself because there's no one else around to help you move house. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's not just drawing off the community. It's how do you contribute to that community? How do you get in behind people and work with them? Like we've tidied up so many houses and garages and all sorts of stuff because we've volunteered, because we've wanted to, because these people are spending so much energy outwardly doing stuff for the community that when they come home, they've got no energy to do their garden or to deal with the shed or the whatever. So we can just say, well, we'll do that for you. We'll get alongside. We'll we'll sort that out for you. It's so fun. It's so much more fun doing somebody else's stuff than doing your own. <laughs> yeah, that's very mm. true. Um, so yeah. so you you're in New Zealand. Do you now do you have plans to keep doing this in New Zealand? Do you, do you ever think about going over to another country and traveling around that way there? Campbell's grounded us. 
Well, you can take this one. Uh, We're grounded. Well, uh, yeah, we did. We had dreams at one point of do, doing the world, but um, um, well, for a couple of reasons. We've, for me, I think it's important that we stay here in New Zealand. One is, we'd, I, I don't want to fly anywhere for, to, because um, it's Climate a big, it's change. a big emitter of of carbon. So we're very concerned about the the amount yeah. of. The, the, the climate the pending climate change crisis climate crisis so we're that's part of our core to our lifestyle is how, how we reduce our emissions through not buying stuff and not using energy where we don't have to and things like that um, and one of the other things is cleaning up where you are the um, living in the bus you're very reliant on the supermarket so we oh, are yeah. looking sort of in the mid term um, to find some land where we can put some roots down, literally fruit and veggies in the ground to enable us to be more self-sufficient. And we've been working on other people's gardens as we've gone, as well as we cruise around. If we're allowed to play in a garden, we will, (laughs) you know, getting food in for them. Okay, so so it's interesting how how the, you know, just thinking about this, how your your plan is, is kind of evolving as you go. And, uh, you know, I, I think we had no idea what it was going to be like, Brock. We thought that we would do this for one year, you know, because anybody can handle something for just one year. So we'll just do it for one year and then we'd grow up and we would buy that piece of land, build that house and, you know, go back to work and start being normal again. Right. And that was three years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of missed the boat on that one. Well, we haven't really. We just haven't wanted to step off. We haven't wanted to stop. Well, I'd, and I'd, I'd say because I did work for nine months in an office and that re- yeah. reconfirmed my desire to not work in an office again. Um, Cam was a national environment and sustainability manager for one of the largest construction companies in New Zealand. And he's come out of there going, we're so stuffed. We cannot leave the answers up to the corporates. The corporates, the answer is just make more money. Just put more money in your bank account. That's success. And Cam and I have redefined success for ourselves. And like I said, we've had 2,500 people through the bus and we've asked the same question. If you can't use your bank account to define yourself as a success or a failure, what can you use? And what's turned up over and over is how many kitchens – can you walk into and put the jug on and make yourself a cup of tea without asking? And how many people can come to your hearth, put the jug on and make themselves a cup of tea without asking and grow that community? And what have you done to have that happen? How many hearths do you share and how many hearth, how many people share your hearth? That's our new definition of success. You know, it's uh, people talk about community a lot, and it can even be kind of a, a, a faceless sort of, of word as you talk about building community. Yeah. And the, the way you frame that question completely removes the facelessness. It adds a face. <laughs> I mean, it it, yeah. it, it makes it a, we got, a very we got real. Told the other day, sorry. We got a, a guy made contact with us on Facebook the other day and offered us his kitchen. We'd never met him. <laughs> but he'd heard that, and so he made contact and offered us that we can put the jug on in his kitchen anytime. And he lives down in the Hawks Bay, so at some point we're going to hove into sight and I'm going to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such an interesting way to think about it, and it's a very measurable way to think about it. It's not, you know, do I have community? But um, anyway, that just it's replicable as well. You can redo it once you've figured out 
why is it that they think that they can come to your place and put the jug on without asking? And why is it, what have you done that's allowed you to just to walk into their place? And I'm not necessarily just talking family here. I'm talking friends that you've made along the line. What have you done? What, what unsaid relatedness has happened whereby you can wander in, not only put the jug on for yourself, but ask them if they'd like a cup of tea? <laughs> you know, what have you done? That's the hearth, right? That's the original hearth. That's the original fire of being a caveman, I reckon. We've discovered that term um, reciprocity is at the core of, yeah. of a lot of what we believe in. Yeah. And, and the other thing, allowing others to be a contribution to you is actually a really important thing because yeah. we tend to want to do things on our own to prove to others that we can do it, that, that we're, we're so successful capable, and we're capable and that sort you, of thing. Blah, blah, blah. It's one of, the, one of the more generous things you can do to, to, to another is to enable them to be a contribution to you. Yeah. And yeah. and that is so, I want to say counterintuitive, but it, it does run against the narrative that we've been taught and, and that we tell ourselves that, you know, it's somehow benefiting yeah. the other person to help us. Yes, yeah. We we um when we first got together, Cam and I, we raised a thousand artificial limbs, and we took them an amputee. So we took a thousand artificial limbs to India, and we fitted limbs to people that had lost their legs in an earthquake, arms and legs in an earthquake. Um, and so we've delivered all of this stuff to them, to them, to them. Um, we had to learn how to allow someone to reciprocate because you're so busy giving, giving, giving um, because you are able to, you know, you've got the wealth, you've got the know-how, you, you, you know, we've been, we've, I'm just lucky that we've been born, uh, you know, with that, um, uh, well, that elitism, I get on it, it's a terrible word, but we've been born into wealth essentially so being able to share that back and then what can they do for you to reciprocate so that you can walk away as equal human beings it's really important and there was a guy behind the hotel that we were staying at who fixed motorbikes and he saw us and then saw that we'd made the local newspaper and so he bought the local newspaper to show me there were photos of me and he read it out to me because it was all in Sanskrit and then he invited us to his house he was just a young fellow wasn't he, he was in his 20s invited mm. us to his house um, to have dinner and they produced this beautiful meal for us and just shared shared wouldn't eat just wanted us to do all the eating and then through the middle of the meal a guy arrived on a little rickshaw came in and they made me stand up they took my measurements and then they made me an outfit and so that was them that is some I just feel so honored by that I just feel yeah like I think reciprocation being able to give and receive is really important being a, allowing other people to be a contribution to you is a huge gift mm. it really is well, as we start to wrap up here, um, and, and I love this conversation, and you know, just the the different perspective, the different way of of thinking through things, and you know, from the the very practical of just removing the the barrier of possibility, and just as we dream, to the the idea of uh, reciprocity and really allowing others to come into our lives, to uh, again, the very practical of just you know, how, how big is your community as defined by people feel welcome to, to come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is there anything that we haven't, that I haven't asked you that you were, um, what, what question haven't I asked you that I should ask you? 
Um, oh, there's lots, mate. We could be here for the next four hours. Yeah. I guess one of the thing, another thing for us is just um, when we talk about giving to others and receiving from others, we, for us, it's not about um, material things. Yeah. It's about time and, and conversation um, and contribution. Um, this year for Christmas, we gave everybody in our lives the gift of never having to give us a gift ever again in their lives because at Christmas time, they're just it's consumption gone wild and the planet can't sustain that. And most of the toys and things that kids get end up in the landfill within a couple of weeks. So it's just a completely wasteful time. So we just wanted to have fun with good friends over some good food. That was our yep. kind of theme for Christmas. And it's awesome. You know, we, the kids don't, the kids didn't miss out on not getting stuff. They had good time with friends and, and family and they had their favorite foods and that sort of thing. So yeah, getting um, off consumption. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're very much tr working to getting away from this consumptive lifestyle yeah. and see, and deriving our happiness through time with each other, time with our friends, and being, being that contribution and allowing others to be a contribution to us. That's kind of, I guess that's at the core of, of where we're at. Um, and kind of going back to what Nikki's point was around uh, friends, calling animals friends, one of our... Uh, yeah. I guess philosophies also as a family is that when in anything we do, we try to express a love for all children of all species for all, um, time. For all time. So, you know, not only loving humans, but loving animals and things because they all are hugely important to uh, a happy, healthy planet and happy, healthy human beings. And another mantra we've got is want less, want less happiness. Just turn off your wanter. You know, just turn off your wanter and play with your gots. <laughs> so much more fun. <laughs> so, so, all right. So as we uh, wrap this up, where can people find you? Like if they want to follow you along on your journey or get in touch with you, uh, what, what's the, the best what best way for them to do that? Is there a website, Twitter account? What's the best way? Yeah, yeah. yeah we've got We've got a website, so that's um, www.theloopcrew.kiwi, uh, and we've got face, a Facebook and Instagram, so yeah, more than welcome to just people that email us or, or message us and follow us on Facebook and share. Yeah, they can come and stay on the day bed. We've got an extra bed. <laughs> yeah, if they're listening from New Zealand, yeah. touch base, we'd love to come and visit. If they've got room for an 11 meter bus in the driveway or in a yeah. paddock next to them or something like that. Yeah. Very. And also, if anybody out there that wants to come and stay on the bus, yeah. they're welcome to. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, so how can people help you? I mean, it's the question I, I always ask all my guests as the final question is just, you know, you help others. How can people help you or what ask would you have for others? To look after the ground beneath your feet. You're standing on a whole planet. So what can you do right there? What can you do to look after the planet itself? You know, that's it. Very good. Yeah. Well, In whatever way you choose. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. That's been a great conversation. I've come away with so many great ideas. Oh, it's so cool, Brock. I'm, thank you so much for the opportunity to yak. Yeah, it's been great. Fantastic, mate. You're welcome to boil the jug at our place anytime, mate. 
Absolutely. Very good.